You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense, I'm Faye. <laughs> and I'm Ray. <laughs> and today's episode, we're going to be talking about Lily Potter and the travesty that is her story. Yeah. Our girl, like we're back. Um, we took a little bit of a break from um, the way in which this series has failed the female characters, um, but we're back. We're back on our bullshit. <laughs> we are. We are back on our bullshit. Look, Lily Evans Potter, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. is a fantastic character because she is the unsung hero basically because it was her love and the magic in her love that kept Harry alive against Voldemort as we all know the story. I just have a real big problem with just a couple of things in her history. One of the tragedies of Lily Potter, Lily Evans, Lily Potter, um, is really just the fact that we have what she did to protect Harry and that's most of what we really know about her other than she was an incredibly brilliant witch. Yes, she was a muggle-born, incredibly brilliant witch who was so far beyond her years um, in terms of magic and whose love saved Harry, but that that's it. We also know that she had a sister and she wasn't – she was close with that sister and then she wasn't close with that sister, mm. um, which is another thing that, again, we've touched on this – Female relationships in the Harry Potter universe are non-existent. Yeah, it seems that, like, their entire friendship basically collapsed when Lily was 11. Yeah, when Lily found out she was a witch. So that's a Mm. bit of prejudice there. Um, I mean, sort of understandably so. Uh, I guess Petunia was the elder. Wait, was Petunia the elder? I think she was. Yeah, I've always read it as Petunia was the elder and she was very rigid and straightforward in her ways. So I guess finding out that your sister can do something absolutely unbelievable is probably going to be met with resentment. Mm. Um, So I guess I think I've brought this up before. I feel like it's probably also jealousy. Yeah, there's definitely Uh, jealousy. There's also just the fact that Snape intentionally – got into Lily and Petunia's relationship and caused problems on purpose so that he could have Lily all to himself because he was already a tiny little psychopath. Yes, and that started from like the age of nine or ten as far as we can tell from the books. So that was before she even found out she was magical. Like she she was doing like that low-level kid magic yeah, kids do, and Snape told her that she was a witch. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's kind of the start of the creepiness that is Snape and Lily relationship, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, uh, he was already from the age of nine trying to separate mm. her from her support networks. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, fair warning, we've given this warning before, neither of us are Snape fans. I am a fan of Snape in the sense of he was a great villain. I am the fan of Snape in the sense that he was, everybody had or knew a person like Snape, that creepy older dude who was just grumpy at the world. Um, I am a fan of the fact that he was so unlikable. I love gritty, unlikable characters because they're gritty and unlikable. Not everybody in your life that you meet is going to be nice and fun and carefree and you're going to get along with them. That's why we have villains. Um, I'm not a fan of the story arc and I'm not a fan of his relationship to Lily because, as Fee just said, it is problematic from nine years old he separated her from what we can gather her sister told her she was different told her that um petunia was acting like this because they all act like this that's not good it's not good yeah severus snape is a very very well constructed character 
the creator of which does not understand it. <laughs> I know, and that frustrates me because she's created this fantastic villain. She's created this horribly dislikable man who will just do horrible things and then turns around and says he did them for love. No, that's abusive, JK. That's, no matter what way you look at that, that is abuse. Yeah. Yeah, people who love people don't abuse their children. No, I also don't, this is very quickly becoming a I hate Sarah Snape (laughs) podcast, but I also do not agree with even in the first book, oh, he was doing all of this horrible stuff to protect Harry. No, he was traumatizing children. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we but, have an upcoming episode for this. Um, I reckon that we'll do it as our series finale on this one. <laughs> yes, like this, most likely. End of this season will be our, the, the time of ranting about Severus Snape. <laughs> yes. Um, but. Continuing on, Lily was a very well-constructed character. It was just a poor execution of that character. I mean, the only time we actually hear from her directly was in that letter to Sirius in The Deathly Hallows, mm. uh, which is so cool. But I do uh, like that letter, yeah. <laughs> it's such a sweet letter and it's just so full of, like, her talking about Harry as her kid and how... Um, I don't have the letter in front of me, but it's something to do with him on a toy broomstick and things like that. Yes, I think that Sirius got him the toy broomstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, um, which is really nice considering that um, Sirius also bought, bought Harry a real broomstick. Yeah, I think that was a really good, like, mirroring. <laughs> um, but the downfall to Lily Evans' character is that she, again, didn't seem to have a female support network she didn't she wasn't close with her sister I mean obviously Harry's not going to know if there's friends around etc but even just the way like the other female members of the order of the phoenix talk like McGonagall doesn't really mention her past she was the brightest witch of her age and Molly Weasley doesn't really mention her past she was a clever witch for her age I don't even know if Molly knew Lily and James, to be honest. I I think I did the math once. They would have crossed paths at some point, at least from what I took away. I might be completely wrong, so feel free to correct me. Um, from what I took away from like that first uh, Order of the Phoenix that we see with the long bottoms and everything. Mm. I feel like they would have crossed paths. Well, Molly wasn't in the original Order of the Phoenix. Her brothers were. Oh, maybe that's where I'm getting that wrong then. Yeah, and she, Molly was, let me just make sure I'm right about this. Yeah, Molly was like 30 years older. <laughs> What? Wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong date. Sorry. Um, uh, I looked at. De- I was looking at date of death and like, no, that's not right. That is not correct. Um, she would have been. Molly, she would have been. Molly a- is ten years older than Lily. Right. So they would not have been at school together. No, not at all. Ah, oh, maybe that's where I'm getting it wrong because I knew I thought Molly was involved in the Order of the Phoenix. No, originally. she was just having babies at a marathon pace <laughs> that is true where do you where do you find the time to fight uh, bad guys and give birth to seven red-headed children <laughs> I didn't think about that um yeah but um, it just but yeah I think that like I personally don't think that Lily is well constructed because she's basically the world exists around her and we have to come up with a lot in between <laughs> like mm. she is discussed in very vague terms like the ones that you've brought up we have weirdly the person who like we get the most information about her from is Horace Slughorn <laughs> yes and that's because he's obsessed with uh He's obsessed with high-performing, high-achieving students. Yes, yes. He, he's got, got a big boner for talent. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really weird that, that is the person who like maybe stuff that Lupin says, but even then, I think that he says more about her in the movie. Yes, like, he does. Than he does in the book. Uh, which is where those Lily and Lupin being best friends in fan fiction span from, which let me tell you, massive fan of them. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't ever remember it actually happening in the book. Yeah, we have that scene on the viaduct in um, Prison of Azkaban in the movie and it's <laughs> – I always laugh during that scene at myself mm. because <laughs> there's that bit where he's like – um, it's like she 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 wasn't just an exceptionally brilliant witch, but she was also an uncommonly kind one. Ah, oh, yes, I knew your mother, and I always, always after he says that line, I always just add in, I fucked her. <laughs> That's what it's, <laughs> it's what it sounds like he's going. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not going to be able to watch that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it's not intentional because Alfonso um, Caron told, is it David Thewlis? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he told him to play Lupin as gay and in love with Sirius. Oh, okay. Um, which, because this was before uh, Tonks and Lupin get together in the books, this movie came out. So oh. it was, that was just a decision that they made without consulting J.K. Rowling. And then, like, David Thewlis had to really dramatically change how he was playing the character. Yeah, look, I mean, bisexuals exist. That's fine. Yes, but I think do. that I did not know that piece of information. I think that's really funny that he was told, you're super in love with Sirius. Oh, wait, here's your girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, like, you can, like, next time you watch Prisoner of Azkaban 1, you're going to hear that line. And two, <laughs> um, you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, they are boyfriends in this movie. Oh, I always thought that. Like, I always thought that. I didn't know it was a directive, but I always thought there was, like, like a thing The there. chemistry is there. There is a reason that Wolfstar is one of the most popular ships in the fandom <laughs> yes yes um yeah because I mean even as like a kid watching that movie just the way he like holds him back from attacking Pettigrew and it's just, just very hands-on the way they hold each other when they meet again is just beautiful it is it's so sweet it's so so sweet and I really really kind of wish it had been a thing but that again is what we have fan fiction for we can believe in our hearts that it was a thing we and can don't don't get me wrong I do like Tonks she is a great character we should really talk about her in an episode two yeah um I mean she always but, does end up creeping in um Tonks in my head, like even when I was a very like young child, um, although I wasn't really that young when she came into the books, but like I was still on the young side. My visualization of her in my head was the um, neighbor th that we had when I was a kid who was a lesbian. Nice. Yeah, that I was, can that see was, that. That was who I was picturing in my head. <laughs> Yeah, when nice. when whenever she was around and then it was like okay she's marrying a man now and yes bisexuals do exist and bisexuals do unfortunately often end up in opposite sex relationships because the, the gays also suck when it comes to bisexuals <laughs> like we don't have friends anywhere <laughs> yeah that's true we don't have friends anywhere it's I, I don't know what I thought Tongs looked like in my head as a kid, but it was not what we got in the movie. Okay. I mean, I, I do I do yeah. like actress whose name I'm forgetting right now. Oh, man, I can't remember. Hey, um, let me just Tongs. Oh. I just oh. know that she's, she's Osha from um, Game of Thrones, but that's about it. <laughs> Uh, Nat Natalia Tenner. Yes, yes, that's the one. 
She's been in a yeah. few things. She's like one of the she's like one of the five BBC UK actors that they've got. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's kind of she just kind of pops up in things and you're like, "Oh, hey, it's her." Yeah, I do like those people. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know their faces, you can't remember their names. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, and especially when it's the ones who like they just play the same character like yeah. in everything." <laughs> yeah, basically. And it's like um, then people like this isn't necessarily her, but people who play like just minor roles in a lot of things, but they're always like that that doctor or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, they they always play like a lawyer type or a doctor type or a builder type. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm also actually just thinking about yeah. how um, Richard Beltzer um, has played the exact same character in multiple different TV shows, which then brings into question, is the X-Files in the same universe as Law & Order SVU? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. This is just one of these things because he's played played Detective John Munch or like various cops named John Munch in at least six different properties. We need to make that happen. Mm. Like it needs to be a thing. I, one, of, one of my favourite like just things to deep dive on is the Munchverse. <laughs> the Munchverse. <laughs> um, just like um, deviating ever so slightly, mm-hmm. the other actor that um, my partner and I were talking about the other night when we were watching TV uh, was Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. He only ever really plays a bad guy and that's because he's just got a face that you would just be scared of if you came across him in a dark alley oh 100 <laughs> percent. like he only i can't even remember what we're watching one of those ancient greece movies the one with henry cavall in it oh immortals he plays theseus okay and ends up he plays theseus and i think ends up banging the oracle virgin whatever um but mickey rourke um plays the king was that gods of uh, egypt or was that something no else? that was not gods of egypt hold on i am on his uh whoops not there i'm on his imdb page it'll be here somewhere the other night matt yeah. and i were talking about how um we, what we really deserve is a sequel for the man from uncle and we we're like why has this not happened yet <laughs> And it's because Henry Henry Cavill has been tied up in the dead end universe of the Justice League, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, he actually likes it though. Who does? Henry Cavill actually likes it. Yeah, he does. He's like super into it. Yeah, and he was a decent Superman in some bad movies. (laughs) Yeah, look, movies were terrible. His soups is pretty spot on. Hmm. Um, for reference, and those of you playing at home who haven't gotten distracted by our distractedness, King Hyperion is who I'm talking about, and Mickey Rock played him in Immortals. Okay. Immortals, yes. I knew mm-hmm. that I had, like, scrolled past on Netflix, like, a dozen times, something with Henry Cavill in. It's actually not a bad, it's not a bad Greek action film. It's, like, terribly, terribly, terribly incorrect, but they all are. Yeah. Um, but John Hurt plays old Zeus and Luke Evans plays young Zeus. Okay. So, they, yeah, it's worth a watch. I enjoyed it. It's just a popcorn movie. You don't really have to, like, concentrate on it to know what's going on. Uh, and Henry Cavell is a babe. So, and so is the girl who plays the, the uh, Frida Pinto plays the um, Oracle. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know her. She's also a babe. So, you know, you got two for the price of one. Uh, okay. Lily Potter. <laughs> Lily Potter. Back on track before before I end up just diverging into the um, movie that has been the topic of many of my discussions already today. Um, <laughs> we'll get there eventually probably. <laughs> I'm sure. We're really bad with the whole tangenting thing, as mm-hmm. everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she... There's, I think she's a rich vein for fan fiction because we know so very little about her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like all of the Marauders really are an absolutely like spot on thing for people to write about it because we can fill in those gaps ourselves. 
Um, we don't have to retcon anything. We don't have to say it's out of canon because it could very well be in canon, um, which is why there are so many Marauders fics and there's so many Lillian James fics and there's so many just Sirius and Lupin fics and it's because we don't know a lot about them, which I think is also a nice thing. Yeah. Um, it, I'm just looking at the picture of um, the Slug Club when she was in it. Mm. And because they've got that actress who, when they hired her, she was already like 15 years too old to play the character, they've also just made sure that everyone else in the Slug Club is also 15 years too old to be in high school. (laughs) Please send me that through our Discord. I need to see it. Okay. I cannot because it's on the fandom wikia. If you are you on the mm. Lily Potter page right now? I'm on the harrypotter.fandom.com. Yeah, if you go to the Lily page and scroll down, yeah. it's like yeah. the third picture or fourth. Oh, that one there. Yes. Oh god. Check out that guy. I'm going to put I'm going to find a way to put this in the show notes. Check out the guy up the back on the right. Yeah. Um, like sec- like the second person along, <laughs> check out his 70s moustache. I love it. <laughs> and I can see exactly who you're talking about and I love it. I am so here for the 70s. And, and Lily the, looks pregnant. The guy, yes, she does. She looks very pregnant. <laughs> like that is not a flattering dress. No. Um, the, guy, the guy between her and Slughorn with the sideburns yeah. as well. <laughs> Yeah, he's not leaving looking at the camera. He's, like, looking at a drink going, when can this be over? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they just got a bunch of, like, crew members and they were like, right, dress in this, let's go. Take this photo, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Also, and I know everyone's waiting for for one of us to say it, those beautiful, beautiful green eyes that never made it into the fucking movie. Oh, my God. And just the fact that they they did continue, even though – Harry, like Harry, uh, Daniel Radcliffe had blue eyes and he did try to wear contacts for green eyes, but it ended up not he was working. Also, he was also like 10 years old. Yeah. I work in optics and putting contacts into a 10-year-old's eye, no way, buddy. Yeah, and I think he was just allergic to them as well. Mm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's fine. Like they never, they don't talk about the eyes being green. They just go with, you know, you have your mother's eyes. They then think, yes, we're going to hire a brown eyed actress, not a blue eyed actress. Right. Right. I was just, oh man. When it's like, you've got your mother's eyes right at that end where Snape is like all dramatically dying. And he's like, you've got your mother's eyes. It's like, Bitch, where? What mother are you looking at? Yeah, especially since in the very next scene is when we see the brown-eyed child that they hired to play Lily. Yeah, the close-up shot. Yeah. <laughs> like the incredibly close-up zoomed-in shot of these, like, toffee brown eyes. Like, they're beautiful eyes, but they're not they anything are. like Daniel Radcliffe's. No, Daniel Radcliffe has incredibly blue eyes. <laughs> It's so good. It's like the biggest faux pas in storytelling movie history ever. I'm sure I could think of a bigger one, but um, right now I'm not thinking of one. (laughs) No, right now for me, this is it. I'm sure there's a bunch from Star Wars, but because like, you know, Star Wars was the original trilogy they were really not trying very hard. Oh, yeah. the um, they, they had not decided that Luke and Leia were brother and sister when the, the characters smooched in the previous movie. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, my I think my favourite, though, is the Stormtrooper in, like, the first scenes where he comes running out of the door and, like, smacks his helmet on the doorframe and, like, ricochets backwards and then just keeps running. <laughs> Don't think I've seen that. Oh my god! Like they've actually, they've actually added in a sound effect now. Oh, good. In the in the updated ones, they've added in a sound effect of like a thunk, that and is, then he keeps running. That is the only improvement made by the remaster. Yeah, I know. Look, Brody and I were arguing about this the other night as well. I don't 
I'm I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't mind the remaster. Yes, it's annoying. Yes, okay, they didn't have to do it. But I, I, it's still the same story. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's just the stuff but, like um, deciding to change. Um, like I know that the Han shot first thing is really really overdone by now, but like there was no reason to change that. No, there was not. But do you know, like, there's a bunch of story behind that because originally when it happened, everyone was like, no, Greedo shot first, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, George Lucas got so sick of people asking that in one interview he was like, no, Han shot first. And then in another interview, like a decade later, he was like, no, Greedo shot first. And then like five years after that, he got so sick of everybody asking him that he released the image of the script that said um Greedo draws Han shoots and that was that was to put an end to it okay. and now he's changed it yeah. they've changed it <laughs> so it's like we really don't actually know uh, I actually saw a because we, we decided to rewatch the Underworld movies um on like the versions that are up on Netflix and Stan, like they're divided mm. across both for some reason. So they, in the first Underworld movie, they have actually changed it for digital release so that it's Rona Mitra um, actually in the movie. Oh, <laughs> like nice. when, when, when they do the flashback to Victor executing his daughter. Because mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. it was like some random blonde actress, I recall this. Which, yeah, I've got an old DVD that I could probably have a look at. Yeah, yeah, I've got that too. Um, but, yeah, they've actually, like, changed it to the scene from Rise of the Lycans, and I'm, like, I'm kind of okay with this because, like, I really like Rhonometra is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they never they never actually matched them up. Like, I think Underworld happened and then they weren't going to do the second one and then they did the second one and they recast her and she was a completely different person. Oh, no, 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 because um, Kate Beckinsale is through all of those movies. It's just that Rise of the Lycans is yeah. the girl that um, uh, Victor's actual daughter rather than Vic's, Kate Beckinsale, who does actually look a fair bit like Ronamitra. Yeah, no, 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 that's what I mean. Like in the first movie, I don't know if they were expecting it to go anywhere. Mm, that is true. And then when they did the next one, it was like, oh, well, oh, we're just uh, – his daughter's different now. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I don't think she appears in this. She doesn't appear in the second movie. She. Um, oh no, not the second movie. Like the Rise of the Lycan. Yeah, What's that? Yeah. Like third. Yeah, that one came out third. And then there was a terrible, got- terrible one that came out, and it was like really, really short as well. Um, yeah, where, with that horribly, it was like there was horrible CGI in it. Well, part of it was because Scott Speedman did not want to be in the movie, <laughs> but they had written the movie to be like to leave it open for him to come back in a later movie. <laughs> oh my god! And Blood they Wars. should, is that they Blood should Wars? have just killed him because he's like the least important part of these movies. <laughs> And then, unfortunately, we then go to the most recent one, um, oh. which was actually a really enjoyable movie. Like, it's not it's not high art cinema, but I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. <laughs> and they're probably yeah, there was... not going to make another one because that one did badly because the one before it was so bad. Yeah, no, there, there was Underworld and then Evolution, Rise of the Lycan, Awakening was the terrible one. Yes, and then Blood War and then was Blood just Wars. sensational because they just went full tits to the glass, like ridiculous yeah. nonsense. We don't care. Um, and, and then there was the Endless War anime series that uh, they did, like three anime shorts. Okay. I, have not I haven't seen those, but apparently they're good. Mm. But, yeah, I just really appreciated that Blood Wars had two women who were, like, nearly 50 in relationships with guys in their early 30s, and it's like, yes, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> right, 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 right. Very good. Um, Very good stuff. Yeah, okay, well, there's our... Uh, Fifth tangent, probably. <laughs> tangent. Uh- <laughs> okay, okay, we, we really need to talk about the fact that Lily was is constantly reinforced as being, like, so brilliant and so fantastic as a witch and yet she did not figure out like oh like they had absolutely no contingency plan for Voldemort found them 
Yeah, I I don't buy that. Someone that brilliant and someone that scared would have like several different ways out of that house. Yeah, my like they should have like I mean the basic first step is to optimize your home for escape. <laughs> yeah. Like Yeah. Um always have your fucking wands on you, you idiots. <laughs> right. Right, she's supposed to be like a fantastic, and I know the story wouldn't happen. Blah blah blah. I know someone's going to say it that the story wouldn't happen if Harry, uh, if Harry hadn't survived and Lily died. Blah 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 blah. It's like, yeah, okay, this is not what that podcast is about. No, this um, podcast is about picking it apart. Yeah, literally. and the fact <laughs> that so many contrived things have to happen in order for the story to exist is actually a pretty serious problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little it's a little bit like um the Mary Sue of clichés, mm. I guess. Like we've got the fact that, you know, Lily and James apparently had no further plan aside from hiding the house. We have the fact that all of Harry's grandparents managed to be dead even though their children were in their were their children were 21. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't quite understand that either. And, and just all of these things that come together so that Harry can live in an abusive household and mm. um, learn that he's a wizard, um, like, all of a sudden when he's 11 years old. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a fantasy children's story. Like, fantastical things have to be taken with a grain of salt. Mm. But also, do they really? Yeah. <laughs> Like, did you ever have that, th- like, this was a weird thing that I had, like, all there were a lot of stories that I consumed as a child starring orphans and you just thought that, like, only cool things happened to orphans and you didn't want your parents to die but you did want to be an orphan because clearly awesome stuff happens when you're an orphan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, did not want to be an orphan but cool things happened to orphans. Yeah. Yeah, I get that because, I mean, first up off the top of my head is Spider-Man. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, Harry Potter, uh, the Baudelaire siblings. Mm. Uh, there well, are three, like, in the space of ten seconds. Yeah, all of the exciting stories. Batman. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can't believe I forgot the bat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, um... Orphans um, going on fantastic adventures is definitely a trope of fiction. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, It so really is. The Potters should have had their wands on them at all times. It doesn't make sense for them not to in the situation that they're in. Mm. Um, they, sh- like, they were in a two-story house. They probably should have moved the nursery onto the ground floor <laughs> so that Molly yes. so, not Molly so that Lily doesn't have to run upstairs to get to the baby yes <laughs> and then have no escape <laughs> yeah first rule of a horror movie my dude do not run up the stairs because it traps you yeah know your exits um right. my friend Alice who we will be having on the show with us uh did bring up the fact that Lily probably could have disapparated. But my things with that is, like, we know that you can't apparate and disapparate from a house that is protected in the way that Harry, that the Potter's house was because yes. um, they have to apparate onto the front step of 12 Grimmauld Place and then go inside. They can't apparate, apparate straight into the building. Yes. So we know that it's protected from that. So that that one, fine. There is the point of being like, well, you could jump out the window and then disapparate while while coming out of the window, mm. which is a very reasonable point. I just don't know what would happen to a baby if you apparated with it. Yeah. Look, I I want to know, but I also don't want to know because I feel like it would be horrifying yeah like one th- I think that one of the most important things when you're a passenger for 
um, apparating is that you're not meant to think about stuff. And you can't really yeah. get a toddler not to think about stuff. Like you can't get a toddler to focus on shit. Yeah. So I feel like you probably splinch the baby, which you would definitely splinch the baby. And and like there's not a lot of baby to splinch. So <laughs> it, it, it's not going to be like you know Ron leaving behind half of an eyebrow. It's it's going to be bad. It's going to be horrifying. Yeah. And then, like, also, even if it is successfully done, like, apparition seems pretty jarring. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, it's, it's like, described as, like, like, most people vomit the first time that it happens to them is something that's said. <laughs> yes. So, like... I'm not sure if it's a shaking motion, but, like, I don't think that a baby's going to be good with it. <laughs> uh-uh. Baby, not going to be good with it. It would be like trying to um, apparate with, like, an animal. I don't think you can do that either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, either way, it's it's not going to be ideal. <laughs> I don't think I want to find out either. I'm weirdly more upset about the animal than the baby. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, I'm a horrible person, but no. I would be more horrified at someone's like apparating and spilching a dog than a baby. Well, I mean, that is the thing like what like um, people can see movies where like plenty of people die, but like the dog is too far. (laughs) Yeah, look, on my phone, whenever we go to a movie, I I, like uh, go to this website called doesthedogdie.com and I have to I have to look it up first. I have to know. Do I recall that you have not seen John Wick because the dog died? I, I have not seen John Wick. You also don't really care for Keanu, but... Look, that makes me sound like such a heartless person because he's an angel of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's overrated. And I also dated, semi-dated, slept with, okay, I slept with a guy <laughs> who kind of... <laughs> Just kind of looks modify, like him. Modify your connection repeatedly. Okay, I modified it a lot, all right? So I slept with a dude that looks like him. Okay. And now I, that's all I can see. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my mum and my sister would be very jealous of the fact that you slept with a guy that looks like Keanu. <laughs> he, okay, look, to make it even, I don't know, better or worse, he, he is a combination, and we used to joke about this all the time, he is a combination of Keanu Reeves and Christian Bale. And this is less appealing. <laughs> yeah, look, Christian Bale, when he was sort of attractive and not a douche. It's always funny when Christian Bale talks without an American accent being put on. I know, because his accent is so bad. He's, he's, he's got the David Beckham effect. Nice to look at, don't open your mouth. Where did he acquire that accent because like he's not cockney <laughs> he's got a cockney <laughs> accent but he's like an upper class english prick <laughs> um uh yeah it's a good yeah he's from he's from haverford west uh i don't know where he acquired the cockney accent it's like people people used to say that um like I, I've never heard any of the rest of his family talk, but apparently George W. Bush is the only person in that family who has that accent. That doesn't surprise me, to be fair. <laughs> like just try try trying to really, really ingratiate yourself with the South by putting on the accent. <laughs> He's hold on a second. How does he have a Cockney accent? He's Welsh. He's Welsh? Christian Bale is from Wales. Okay. All I can think now is that he failed dismally at training himself to speak and receive pronunciation. Look, if you've ever heard a Welshman talk, it's a fair assumption. I love, look, um, if we have any, if we have any listeners in Wales, I love the Welsh accent. I do, but it just takes me a minute. (laughs) <laughs> longer than a minute to understand the Welsh accent than it does to understand the Scottish accent. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> I love listening to it though. The Welsh accent is so musical. It's so lilting and musical and just 
oh, I love it. I just have no idea what you're saying. It is lovely. I'm really, um, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, received pronunciation is the, you know, English accent that we think of as the like bog standard one. No one actually has that accent just without doing anything. <laughs> it, it's, it's a fake accent, like the transatlantic accent. <laughs> yeah, no one actually speaks with that accent, yeah. But yeah, the the voice that David Tennant is best known for speaking in um, when he's not speaking in his Scottish accent is received pronunciation. So like that's the made-for-TV and movies English accent yes. that, um, yes. yeah. So it's not that he's done that. He's gone with like some weird like – London maybe, poor people accent. <laughs> maybe David Beckham. Maybe David Beckham did actually teach him how to speak. <laughs> Sometimes we decide on new canon for Harry Potter, but this is a new canon for the world. <laughs> David Beckham, who I'm pretty sure is the same age as Christian Bale, taught Christian Bale how to speak. <laughs> Yep, that's we're going with that. <laughs> I love the way that his Wikipedia page just calls him an English actor and then he says he was born in Haverford West. Okay. Maybe he maybe he lived in England. Could be. And that's why. It could be Hold that on. that's the case. Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> But yeah, so optimize. Your- uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna have to go back. Oh no, it's still wealth. Never mind. Ah, he was born in Pembrokeshire, where the corgis from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. He has remarked, "I was born in Wales, but I am not Welsh. I am English." Well, that just seems a bit rude to the Welsh, really. <laughs> it does a little bit. He did grow up in Surrey and Dorset in England. Why am I looking up Christian Bale? We're not even talking about Christian Bale. <laughs> okay. Let's get back. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get back to what we were doing. But, yeah, optimize your home for escaping from it in case the dark wizard who is trying to kill your entire family uh, finds your house. <laughs> yes. Like there's, there's rooms on the ground floor. Um, that you why do they even have using. a second floor? Hmm? Why do they even have a second floor? Yeah. As, as it, you know, it seems like America and the UK have a lot more two story houses than Australia does. It's true. And partially, I think hot air rises. Yeah, although um, the townhouse that my sister lived in for a stage was really thoughtfully designed in that the bedrooms were on the ground floor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like hmm. that. And then there was an air conditioning unit upstairs in the living room, mm. which was like this big open plan thing. Oh, I like that. I love open plan. I love that Australia embraced the open plan really, really quickly. Yeah, like it, it's not good if it's like every, like most of the rooms are there, but like if you've got a kitchen dining TV room, that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> and And the last house that I lived in, like the kitchen was a separate room from everything else and it just makes entertaining really difficult. Yes, like it if does. If you, like I, ha- I would sometimes have my parents over for dinner and, like, I couldn't talk to them because, like, I was stuck in this little room to cook. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, like, my currently is an open plan, but the kitchen is tucked around a corner. Okay. And it's really inconvenient. Yeah. Because the the stove is at the other end of that little corner area. So when you're cooking, you can't even like duck your head around the corner to keep talking to people. You're, it's like another room and I don't like it. But I like the rest of this house too much to complain too much. Okay. Yeah, kitchen, kitchens that are – Wait, you've been to my house. Yes, I have. 
Yeah, you remember where it is around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I did have a moment like, have you moved since then? But no, you kept that in no. place. Um, I did keep his place. But yeah, uh, the idea of a kitchen that is separate from like the areas in which you entertain people is definitely a relic of when, you know, people had servants to cook for them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, you know, you, you didn't nobody need to, wants to talk to the servants. Yeah, you didn't need to talk to the cook unless you were asking what was for dinner, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we've got – and how – do we know how long Lily and James were actually in hiding? Um, no, but I could probably find out. Yeah, Hold I'm, I'm blah, looking blah, for blah, that blah, now. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, the prophecy was made around the time Lily became pregnant. So they were probably in hiding for about uh, two years, maybe? Yeah, it was nearly two years. Yeah. So, yeah, in that time, surely Lily, being the brilliant witch that she was, was trying to figure out ways to protect her family. Beyond the measures that they had already taken. <laughs> because when you're in that situation, it's like, it's what else is she going to be doing? <laughs> mm. Like, there's only so many things that you can knit. <laughs> yeah. I go crazy. It's not, like, and it's not like she can work. No. And everything we know about James Potter is that he's a pain in the ass and would probably end up driving you insane. Probably. And, you know, he's probably also like, studying this stuff as well but like Lily has taken the point mm-hmm. yeah like, no matter how much you love someone spending two years in a single house with them <laughs> yeah and never being able to leave yeah <laughs> that's <how> yeah <laughs> yeah look I love Brody but no thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> It was probably it was probably quite a big house, so they could probably you know spend hours apart. But still, I don't know why they didn't just keep moving them around. Honestly, that probably would have been smarter. <laughs> but I feel like the yes. secret keeper situation was meant to be infallible. Yeah, and then they chose someone whose surname was Wormtail. No, Pettigrew. His nickname was Worm. Yeah. Tail. Yeah. When yeah. your friend turns into a rat, that is a sign. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but again, these things have to happen so that the story can continue. Uh, yes. Uh, as frustrating as they are. Yeah. But yeah, so she was. I just want to know more stuff about her. It's not fair. <laughs> I know, but there are some brilliant fanfics out there. Man, I'd say this every week and I still haven't done it. Uh, I need to start making a list of recommendations. Mm. There are plenty of fantastic fics out there where they get Lily's story so good, so lovely. Um, The fact is that it would have been so simple for – there to have been a friend that was specifically Lily's to be in Harry's life. Mm. The reason that we know so much more about James than we do about Lily is because we only get James's friends. Yeah. Which is not fair. <laughs> and it, No, it, it's not. It's a symptom of the general problem that the women are not considered important in this story. Yeah, and and that we've touched on this a lot. This is no matter how many, you know, uh, female characters you add, as if you don't give them any agency and you don't give them any stories, they're, they're not important, uh, as important as you might think they are. Yeah, and uh, Lily has so little agency like, in spite of everything that is said about her, there's no show, like, 
there's nothing that really gets done to show what a brilliant witch that she was. Yeah. It's all just people talking about it and it's like that's not enough. No. It's not, which, I mean, I would really like a Marauder's Era book, but I also don't trust that she would do a good job. Yeah, I think that a – can we just, you know, after after her death, someone continue the series? Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, a Stieg Larson thing? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write it. I'll do it. What we've got to do is scrub this off of the internet and you need to become best friends with her. Oh, my God. That's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a long game because she's only she, <laughs> she's only like 55. So. <laughs> can I can I publish first and then and then that's that's she can see my my writing? Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying that we need to scrub this podcast where we complain about her all the time off of the internet so that she doesn't Look, know. Look, she's probably a lovely person. She's just got very outdated ideals. Yes, yes, she does. Unfortunately. As do a lot of people. As do a lot of people, not even just her age, as do a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, I just think my um, my auntie, who I love very, very much, but – um. She says that Outlander is like her dream, like to go back in time. And I'm like, I, I don't know if you've been watching out, like reading or watching Outlander very closely. Um, yeah. But very bad things happen to Claire. Yeah, it's not a nice time to go back to. Yeah, the his the, the past is always very very bad. Is the thing <laughs> like the past is horrible and like right now is not great, but it's better than like. Even 20 years ago. <laughs> you can still do what you want. Mm. <laughs> you can vote. You can have an opinion. Uh, there was something else on my list, but I can't remember what it is. That's fine. You can still vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can take public transport and you can go out. Mm. Although that time, period, can, that time period where... Um, you know, women started moving into the cities because factory work was becoming more and more available and it was perfectly acceptable for us to just stab dudes with our hat pins if they got, if they started catcalling us. That was a good time. Man, take me back to that time, please. <laughs> I'd love to stab people on public transport that annoy me. <laughs> like there's this great story about this, um, like a woman was – I think I can't remember if she was getting on or off of the trolley, but a man grabbed her around the waist to assist her without saying anything, and she stabbed him in the thigh. Good. <laughs> and the papers were like were one hundred percent on her side. Good. Don't touch people without permission. Yes, especially like something that intimate, like grabbing ah. someone around the waist. Ah. <laughs> Just don't do it. Mm. Don't do it, kids. Don't don't touch people without their permission. Yeah. But yeah, and if but, it is but, genuinely an accident, apologize profusely and immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they they were calling these um men who spoke to women without a formal introduction mashes. And they were highly, highly criticized in the media. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> There was like mashes. I think specifically referred to men who rode on rode um, bicycles and catcalled women. Nice, <laughs> I like that. Were, Let's bring back that word. Yeah, bring back mashes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was um, along with the like when when all of these hat pin stabbings were occurring <laughs> and like for those not aware fully of what a hat pin is like you know women always used to wear hats outdoors and they there was also a stage where like women were wearing their hair quite tall so they the hat was not going to sit securely on the head with the way that the hair was so there would be these very very up to a foot long pins um, mm. That were just a big, long thing of steel <laughs> that they would yep. stab through their hat and their hair. <laughs> and and that, that kept the hat in place, which, you know, 
very practical. It was also very good for brandishing at a man who was behaving inappropriately towards you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because they tend to do that on public transport. mm -hmm. So uh, Chicago decided to start legislating a limit on the length of hat pins to 10 inches, which is still significant. (laughs) But it's like not not a... um, like that that was the limit to the tiny little sword that a lady could could carry weak mm-hmm. weak but washington dc who had more women than men like there was i think there was something like um 20% more women than men in the city somehow excellent um so the the mayor actually was just there like well it's not practical for every woman to be able to move about so that move about her business of a day with a male escort. So we believe that the risk of a few eyeballs is one that we're willing to take for the safety of our women. Good on you, Washington. (laughs) One of few things that Washington, D.C. has done well. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, these these women, um, these old-timey women from the – it was like 1890s through to like World War One, and that was when hat pins started to go out of favour because all of the steel was needed for the war. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, these women seem to have a lot more agency than Lily Potter has ever afforded. It's true. <laughs> I like that we brought that background full circle. <laughs> Sometimes I can segue. <laughs> I love it. But I think that does bring us to the end of the problematic trialing times of Lily Potter. Yeah. Evans Potter. I'm not I'm not sure. It. Like I think this is our most off topic episode because I think that both of us are just really, really mad. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm mad, but also like there's not a lot to talk about because there's not a lot about her, despite the fact that she's the main character's mother and his saviour. Yeah. Like it's like a lot of the stuff that we are, like, spitballing about her is, like, assumed knowledge. Mm. Um, we have to kind of take away what we think may have been the case. Yeah. And, and like, it's, like, kind of – I did not grow up playing a lot of video games, but as I understand it, The Legend of Zelda features very little Zelda. Yeah, Zelda is the princess. Link is the person that you play as. But yeah. the legend of Zelda is you've got to go and save Zelda. It's been a very long time since I've played any of the games, but that's basically it. Yeah. So, like, Lily is like a Zelda. <laughs> she is. Like, well, she's like a... She, constantly spoken of with very little substance <laughs> and yeah. does very little. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good and I, I like that. That's a good way to think about it. Um, yeah, it's just she's unfortunately fallen prey to the women characters in not just the Harry Potter series, but a lot of series that have been popular throughout the ages. The women are two-dimensional beings that are, are important mm. to the plot, but not important enough to give 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 them something. Yeah. It's it, and it's such a fantasy mum thing as well, like the mothers being just these barely drawn characters mm. in both. Like, and this goes back to fairy tales. Like, how many dead mums are there in fairy tales? So many dead mums. Just all of the dead mums, and then like even Snow White, Cinderella, mm. Ariel. Well, Sleeping Beauty's got a mum. Yes, yes, she does. Pocahontas. Pocahontas, Pocahontas I'm just mom. going through the Disney. I'm just going through the Disney. You are princesses. just going through the Disney ones. Um, Pocahontas doesn't have a mum in the movie. No, she's probably got a mum in the actual legend. But I'm just going through the. Dis- I'm just yes. going through the. She definitely has a mum in the actual legend, unless like something tragic happened. Um, Merida has a mum who she turns into a bear because she's a little brat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just because you know, um, actual Pocahontas was like eight years old. That's true. That is very true. Mm. Um, Jasmine doesn't have a mum. Who was that? Princess Jasmine. No, she doesn't. 
Yeah, there's a whole thing with like missing mums in Disney stuff and then they like tried to fix it with Merida, uh, Merida a bit and it was just like, um, but you made her into a bear for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And, huh. and I think that like the live action Beauty and the Beast, they decided to actually like explain what happened to the mum and it's like, okay, but you've really told us nothing new. We assumed that she died of something. Like, you didn't need to tell us it was plague. <laughs> yeah, given the point in history that this this is set. Probably, probably plague. <laughs> probably plague. Maybe plague. Can that be the title of the episode? Maybe plague. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, even if you look at, like, modern things, like um, even characters that are, like, Mum characters who are like actually fully there, they just don't like you just don't know anything. Katniss Everdeen's mum is never named. Oh. She appears in every book in that series. Huh. She's just Mrs. Everdeen or Katniss's mum. Well, there you go. Uh, must, yeah, like, so it must be a really weird experience playing a character that is never named. It must be. It must be cool though. But, yeah, so Lily Evans unfortunately just falls prey to the whole, I guess we could call it the mum effect. Yeah. Where mothers, the mothers of heroes and stories are generally either dead, have no agency or no life of their own. Mm. They exist solely to provide the fact that the hero needed to exist somehow. Yeah. Honestly, there's probably, like, a good story to be written in, like, like having the mother of some great hero or something like that just having her own adventure because, like, so, like, honestly, the mums of Greek myths probably, <laughs> probably should band together and, like, overthrow everything. I'd read it. Just, I'd definitely read it. <laughs> If everyone everyone whose kid kid has like a dozen half brothers and sisters because like Zeus fucked them. Yeah. <laughs> oh Zeus. I love that all of Greek history is just Zeus going, Zeus, yes, Zeus, no. <laughs> uh. Okay, well, yeah. I guess that wraps that up. Um Lily Evans is unfortunately a mum who solely exists to be the mum of the chosen one. Mm. And unfortunately, other than fan fiction, we don't know too much more about her. And it's just really a shame because, like, out of out of Harry's parents, Lily is definitely the most interesting. Yes. I mean... Look, I, I like James because he figured out how to become an animagus mm, and stuff like yeah, that. I don't hate James nearly as much as a lot of people do, but he's the one of the least interesting characters in that he's like just a basic rich guy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, like he was, he was a very caring friend, and that shows a lot of his character. Um, but ultimately Lily is much more interesting. She comes from a, just one, I'm getting started again. She, like the, the <laughs> fact that like she came in, like Hermione came into a world that she had no knowledge of. Yeah. And managed to yeah. be the very best out of all of her peers. Like no one ever was. Yeah, yeah. I also needed to, needed to add it of all of her peers <laughs> because, like, I definitely thought of Pokemon just then. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But, yeah, no, Lily came into a world that was not her own and then made it her own, but also we don't get to see that she made it her own. Yeah, and then she was gone from that world far too soon. Yeah, and that's the tough part about it is because – we just have to assume that she made it her own. Otherwise, how would she have been able to cocoon Harry in a ball of love to save his life? Mm. And, like, I fully believe that um, she had an active role in the creation of that spell. I think going back to her researching, um, like, 
this this was her final contingency plan. She would create the circumstances under which Harry could be protected. Yeah. Even if she and even I, if she couldn't be the one physically there to protect him. Like that no, like and I, magic was an active thing that she put in place, not a mis, not some accident of her death. Yeah. I guess that wraps up uh, for the afternoon. <laughs> yep. Um, so this has been Pot of Nonsense. You can find me at raven.com on Twitter. And I am Ray is a writer, R-A-E is a writer. And we can also be found on the Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and search Pot of Nonsense, it should be a group that comes up. Um somewhat active on that page but if you want to drop us a line say hi or ask us any questions or give us topics to discuss while on the show we would be gratefully appreciative of that um and you know just general chit chat is always the best way to go yes and um we are also in the process of setting up the bronze pig media patreon um that's not 100 off the ground just yet but um that would be in future a way that you can support the show yeah absolutely if you like listening to the sounds of us talk and the uh rambling tangents that we enjoy going on um once we have that up and running feel free to help us out uh but until then we're gonna say mischief managed mischief managed toodles Pot and Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at BronzePigMedia or by email at BronzePigMedia at (laughs) gmail.com. And I'm Ray. (laughs) And today's episode, this... Fucking hell, Jesus Christ. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Lily Potter. Bronze Pig Media. Oink.